0: Welcome to Demand and Disrupt the Disability Podcast. Here, we will learn to advocate for ourselves and each other. This podcast is supported with funds from the Advocado Press based in Louisville, Kentucky. Today's guest is Maria Kemplin. Maria is a person with a disability, an advocate, and the very proud parent of a son who is a strong advocate himself. Maria works at the University of Kentucky's Human Development Institute, on the Transportation Initiative, a project made possible by a grant from the Commonwealth Council on Developmental Disabilities. The Transportation Initiative provides resources and education on accessible transportation options for Kentuckians with disabilities. Maria also serves on Kentucky's Special Education Advisory Panel and participates in several state organizations. She says that Demand and Disrupt is one of her favorite podcasts. Ooh, thanks, Maria. She says that long, fired-up conversations with her son and fellow advocates sustains her drive to make the world include us all. So we are happy to have Maria Kemplin joining us today. Hello, Maria. How are you? Hi, I'm great. How are you, Kimberly? I'm doing well. How are things up there in Lexington?
1: They're nice. It's just starting, we're just starting to uh, have the first of spring, so that's very welcome.
0: Tell me about, uh, tell me about your job, what you're doing up there in Lexington.
1: I'm working on a project at UK's Human Development Institute, and it's called the Transportation Initiative. And the Transportation Initiative is a project supported by the Commonwealth Council on Developmental Disabilities. And the purpose of the project is to promote transportation solutions for people with disabilities across Kentucky. So we provide educational information, we help with technical assistance, and we also help people advocate for accessible transportation because that's such an important thing for Kentuckians that have a disability.
0: Yeah, it is. So tell me a little about that for me, obviously, I'm blind. I don't drive. I never have driven. I know how transportation barriers impact me. Tell me about the impact on people with other disabilities.
1: So transportation is something that we all rely on across all ages and stages of life, from the time we're a baby until even when we're elderly. Transportation is essential. It gets us to work. It gets us to school. It's how we get our groceries, our prescriptions. It's how we see family members or go to church. You won't find anybody that doesn't have a transportation need. Now, we all have our transportation needs met in different ways. Some people drive. Some people uh, have a family member that drives, that they ride with and some people use public transportation, but um, you'll find that transportation really varies depending on where you live, what your circumstances are. Um, Some people have access to great transportation options and then other people in rural areas may lack transportation options and they may really struggle to even get to a doctor's appointment or to have a job because they don't have transportation to get to their job. And so the transportation initiative tries to look at those issues and find what solutions are currently available and also help people articulate that need for when there is not a transportation solution available and how we can try to change that.
0: And you said part of the funding comes from the from the
1: Commonwealth Commonwealth Council on Developmental Disabilities. They've been a great supporter of this project and uh, of course they support a lot of great projects related to developmental disabilities. But transportation is one that comes up so frequently in needs assessments and in community conversations where people are talking about the barriers that they have to employment or to continuing your education, or to volunteering in your community, or attending uh, community meetings, or voting. You know, we know transportation is an issue that cuts across all of those areas. So um, the support of the council has really been phenomenal.
0: And so how how do those, how is someone with developmental disabilities, how are they impacted by barriers to transportation?
1: So what you'll find is some faults because of their disability. For example, we could talk about my son who's 18 and he has an epilepsy diagnosis. And so because of that, he won't be getting a driver's license because of having epilepsy. So for him, he grew up knowing that he would have to have a transportation solution. And what's that going to look like? How am I gonna prepare for that? other people may have a disabling accident or they may just simply get older and are no longer driving like they used to and so their transportation need changes and you find yourself trying to figure out how how do i get to work now how do i go get my groceries now and so those are problems that a lot of kentuckians face and it can be really a tremendous challenge if you're trying to figure out how to get pick up your prescriptions or how to get to your medical appointments and you don't have that ability to drive any longer. There's a lot of different reasons why someone may not have transportation. It could be a developmental disability. It could be um, some people don't have access to a vehicle that's accessible because of the cost. Because of the modifications needed,
0: um, yeah, those are incredibly expensive. Uh, yeah. Incredibly expensive.
1: Sometimes folks have an accessible vehicle, and then, like all of us, they have car trouble. And car car trouble is something that touches most households at some point, and but your neighbor can't give you a ride if you use a wheelchair because you may not, you know, be able to just get a ride with someone easily. So there's a lot of barriers when you require an accessible vehicle.
0: And uh, there's a history of activism, isn't there? In Kentucky or maybe everywhere, but in particular in Kentucky, there's a history of activism in this area.
1: Kentucky has a tremendous history with disability advocacy and transportation, especially around the Louisville area. And um, that's one thing that I loved about the avocado press and the uh, that history of bringing attention to that movement. Um, a group of advocates in Louisville grew from a small grassroots effort to a large group to advocate for accessible public transit. And they made a difference that spread across the nation Louisville became one of the first cities to have accessible buses. And it was because of the efforts of advocates, people that were in ADAPT, um, folks like Arthur Campbell, who's one of my absolute heroes. Mine too. (laughs) It It was their advocacy efforts that made a significant change. And now we have buses that are accessible, but the issue is, do you live on a bus route? Do you live in a community that has bus routes that go where you need to go? Or do you live out in a rural area where there may not be a bus service at all? So we've made progress, but there's still a lot of progress left to go.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is. I live in uh, I live in Bowling Green and, well, it's even better in Bowling Green than out in the rural areas, you know, around. So, yeah. Kentucky's got a great history. We need to keep that up though. So tell me, what can people do to improve transportation options, both for themselves, but also for the community as a whole?
1: Advocacy is something that is very important and we all have a role in that, whether we're a person with a disability, whether we work um, in education or with a community agency, um, I was just seeing the Surgeon General's report the other day about loneliness, and I don't know if you had a chance to see that.
0: I did. It was fascinating. It really was. Uh huh.
1: One of the things that the U.S. Surgeon General specifically calls out is infrastructure and the impact of infrastructure on loneliness and how if folks don't have the ability to connect and get out into community and participate and belong, and that uh, the impact of that loneliness on your health and on your mental health. Um, certainly see, we see that with elderly populations when they're not able to get out and participate uh, and how that influences their health. So um, advocacy is very important. Education is so important. Sharing information so that people can see the results. The impact on employment, if if a large segment of our population can't access employment because of a lack of transportation, well, we're in an employment shortage right now. So one solution to the employment crisis and the lack of uh, talent that people are finding is how can we get people to job sites? Um, and of course, transportation is part of that. If you have an infrastructure to get people to work, then um, you know it certainly opens up more possibilities.
0: Right. So, So advocacy, tell me, what are the nuts and bolts? What can someone who hears this interview and they're like, okay, yes, this is an issue that affects me and I want to take action. So tell me, what can they do?
1: So one thing that I found is people with disabilities are the true experts when it comes to transportation issues. And I think one of the most powerful things you can do is get people with disabilities that are impacted by transportation issues together, whether that's virtually, online, on Zoom, um, in a meeting room at the public library, however you do that, but I think you'll find that there becomes strength and solidarity among those voices. And people can talk about the challenges they experience and also what they see as the solutions. People with disabilities have figured out a lot of the flaws in the system and can point us to how things can be improved. Um, I saw that with in the 80s and 90s in Louisville, people with disabilities showing us that buses were not accessible and how we could improve upon that and how that led to the ADA. So I think um, getting people together, community members being willing to listen and support folks, um, but I think that's a first step. And I think that that happens best in communities community level, because what you experience in Bowling Green, Kim, might be different than somebody in Somerset experiences. Right. Or someone in Lexington that lives on a bus route may have totally different needs or issues. So I think one effective way is to focus on your community. We saw that in Montgomery County, where people work together to bring an awareness about transportation issues to their community. And the Community Action Agency in Montgomery County, that's Gateway Community Action Agency, created a Montgomery County transit system. And for $1 per ride, they give people county-wide transportation door-to-door. Wow! And vehicles are accessible. So it's phenomenal what Gateway Community Action Agency has accomplished. And, you know, folks bring that to the community's attention. So that might be something if a city in western Kentucky doesn't have any system, people may get together and bring it to their community action agency or talk to their um, local government and talk about There are some matching grants available, state and federal to start transit systems and how you could take advantage of those.
0: Well, that is definitely encouraging. Thank you for sharing that. Tell me, what does the future look like? We talked about the history, what's the future look like for transportation in
1: Kentucky? One thing that I hear from millennials who are taking surveys is millennials really believe in public transit and public transit infrastructure which is really interesting because you know we had this not everybody used to own a car not even every household used to own a car um, in fact in the 70s most people carpooled to work because not everybody it wasn't one car per one house per person And so over the 80s and 90s, you saw this movement to where people were each independently owning their own car. But the costs of automobile ownership are really high. In fact, out of every dollar that a household spends, 16 cents of that budget is on vehicle. Wow. So it's a significant portion of people's household budget it can cost uh, between 12 and $16,000 a year just to maintain and operate a vehicle, each vehicle that a household has. So millennials see that uh, automobile expense and they're looking at their budget and they're looking at student loans and the rising costs of housing and all of the pressures on our income. And they're thinking about public transit as, a, as an option to relieve their budget. and. A household that uses public transit can save nearly $10,000 a year by using options. So I think that's something that we'll see more of a return toward and less of a one person, one car kind of system.
0: That would be great, both uh, for households and for
1: the environment as a whole, wouldn't it? It would. Of course, there'd be great impacts on the environment, on emissions on our use of fuel sources, um, on budgets. And public transit systems also are a source of employment. Um, There is, I I forget the number, but there is um, a pretty significant number of jobs that are created by transportation systems, whether that's subway systems, train systems, freight train systems, buses. They're large employers and that's, an important thing to think about too. When you're investing in public transit in your community, you're creating jobs in your community.
0: So so tell me, if someone wants to learn more,
1: is there a website that they can go to? Well, we do have a website that shows some of Kentucky's public transit options and other transportation resources. And that web address is transportation.hdiuky. .org.
0: Okay. And I'll put that in our show notes for everyone.
1: That's an accessible website. So up on the right-hand toolbar, you'll see a little person icon. If you click on that, there are um, magnifiers and there's different screen tools that folks can use for accessibility. And there's some videos, audio files, and there are also some handouts people can print about different transportation resources.
0: hmm I have been on there. It is a, a very, very helpful website. So, thank you if you were part of getting that up and running. Thank you very much, Maria. Yeah. So, any, anything else people need to know about transportation and how we can uh, improve it here in Kentucky?
1: Well, one thing I want to touch on is the intersectionality of public transportation, in that the people that are most disproportionately affected by transportation issues are young adults age 25 to 29, particularly single parents of small children, low-income households, the elderly, black employees, and individuals with disabilities. So those are the population segments that are most impacted by transportation issues. And so you'll see those, each of those groups has an effect when it comes to employment they have a negative effect when it comes to healthcare. People have difficulty getting to their healthcare appointments. In fact, fifty-four percent of people have such a significant issue with transportation that they have a they report they have a barrier to their healthcare. care. It, yeah, it's pretty significant. So when you look at transportation issues. We have to think about how transportation systems are a part of that equation where different populations have a barrier. They have something that's holding back their ability to live their best life and participate. And one of the, um, one of the variables in that equation is transportation. It's going to affect your ability to access a lot of important things in life.
0: It it absolutely is. I can 100% attest to that. So Maria Kemplin,
1: thank you very
0: much for joining us. I appreciate it. And again, I will put the uh, link to that website in the show notes. And I do encourage everyone to try to get together and organize and see what we can do to improve what is a very important situation. Thank you so much, Maria.
1: Thanks for inviting me, Kim.
0: If you like the podcast, remember to follow or subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you really like the podcast, we'd love it if you could leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. That helps more people to find us. If you really, really like the podcast, then please tell someone about it, either in person or send them an email or just share the link on social media. Thank you all. Every bit helps and it makes a huge difference for us. If you'd like a transcript, please send us an email to demandanddisrupt@gmail.com at gmail.com and put transcript in the subject line. Thanks to Steve Moore for helping us out with transcripts. Thanks to Chris Unkin for our theme music. Demand and Disrupt is a publication of the Advocado Press with generous support from the Center for Accessible Living located in Louisville, Kentucky. And you can find links to buy the book a celebration of family, stories of parents with disabilities, in our show notes. Thanks everyone.
2: You say you've seen a change in me. Just for once I think I would agree.